That's right, back Charlie. Oh, 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 Finally, we got there. Oh, I don't like the viewing of that. Obviously, it's not right if I don't say it. People deluded. I'm back again. Special guest business. It's been a long time. Before I continue, Dan, I shagged you last week. Apologies for that. We're back again. Dan, how you doing, man? You good? Nah, it's calm, bro. Come on. Listen, it's been good to come on with you, man. And uh, appreciate your work. Appreciate you as a person and what you do, man. So it's a pleasure to be on, man. And thanks for inviting me, bro. Minor man, the door's always open, man. I uh, for anyone who doesn't know, obviously make sure you're following Dan um on, on his YouTube channel. It's in if you're on YouTube, if you're on Twitch, head over there. But if you're on YouTube, I've added him in the title. You simply just have to click his title, and yeah, he bobs your uncle in that regards, man. Obviously, for people who don't know about your channel and things like that, give yourself an introduction, man. I always like to do that with my guests on this channel. Now, uh, listen, I appreciate that, bro. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, you come for come follow me on socials at Dan Arsenal 87. If you want to come follow my YouTube channel, I only started it three months ago. So if you can come and help support the channel, it'll be amazing. I'm on about five and a half K. So come help support people. It's at Football's 12th Man Podcasts, all football related content. I'm with Lee Judges TV quite a bit as well and AFTV, as you know, doing Arsenal stuff. But um, yeah, that's my one. So please come and support it, people. And thanks for that, DG Top Man. Minor, man. Like he said, support it, man. Let's get his followers up, man. He makes great content. I've always got time for great content, great opinions, and also great people. I want to get into it because, obviously, we sit top of the league. October's a massive one. What have you made of Arsenal so far, bro? Listen, how can you not be happy, bro? Listen, it's top of the league stuff. And I think the thing is, bro, we have actually played really good football. And that, for me, is something that I questioned the manager about over the last couple of years is I've not really enjoyed watching Arsenal under Mikel Arteta, if I'm honest. And people have been aware of my opinions of the manager and the process and the ownership because I've just not really been able to get behind it fully and support it because I need to believe that we're going places. And the start of this season has been the only time that I can say that I've enjoyed watching Arsenal for a long time, it seems. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a connect now between the players, the management and obviously the fans. And I think going into this weekend, we'll see that more than ever in this North London derby. I think for yeah. me, the new players have come in. 
Bro, and they've just lifted us, man. Like, Saliba's been fantastic. And I know he's not a new signing, but it feels like one. Might as well be, yeah, man. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? So, I think he's lifted us, and that partnership with Gabriel has been class. I think Ben White deserves a lot of credit as well, being shifted over to the right. I think he's played really well. But for me, Gabriel Jesus has lifted the whole team, bro. I think when you look at what he's done with Martinelli on that left-hand side, and then obviously Saka, who I think is coming for a little bit of criticism, perhaps fairly so in some games, but he's still been in around that tenacity still there the work rate still there the press is there he's been assisting goals as well and got a couple himself Amen. now so yeah man listen it's, it's been good bro i can't sit there and start start getting too irate about it when things don't go well like at old trafford i still feel we were a little bit naive there i think our tetas substitutes are a bit wild and i think that we at 1-1 got a bit too excited as a young team but the rest of the season bro like people sit there and say arsenal have only beaten the teams they should do well, we've done more than other teams in because we sit top of the league and Leeds and Southampton ended up beating Chelsea and Chelsea should have beaten them. And Man City should have beaten Newcastle and Villa, but they didn't. So you Liverpool can look at it both Fulham ways. Well. Liverpool against a couple of teams this season have not done very yeah, well. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? like I, You can't really win as a Guna, man. You're always going to have someone on your back. You know, whether it's the media laughing at you for over celebrating. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can never be happy, man. I, I'm always going to be happy when Arsenal are sitting top. I just hope that by May we can actually put a title challenge in this season. But I have my doubts over that. But I'm sure we'll get into it, man. I am. We're right. We'll get into it. I like a lot of the points you touched on. We're definitely going to spin the block on them. Obviously, you meant, you kind of alluded to it and you're fair in that, you know, what, what didn't convince you on Mikel Arteta initially and obviously is starting to convince you now because you kind of made uh, certain comments around that. But for people who wouldn't get it, because I, I, I feel exactly the same way. I feel you can only comment on what you see. I think obviously externally, we're not at the training ground. We're not seeing them sort of building blocks. I know we saw it in, an, in a series, but it was very hard to see where Arsenal were going beyond the obvious. Um, so yeah, what's what's kind of converted you into an Arteta believer sort of thing, and in and if that extends to Kroenke and the board? Yeah, I mean, I'll be an Arteta believer when I believe this guy this guy can put us in with a title challenge, um, because that's where I think Arsenal should be. Um, Wenger and Emery no. couldn't do that; they had to go. Arteta hasn't been able to get us into the Champions League, let alone a title challenge, and that's where my problems lie. Is that how far are we going to go with this guy? This guy comes eighth, eighth, and fifth. He's still not beaten. Unai Emery or Wenger's record from four or five years That's ago fair. now. So That's fair. That's fair. You can't sit there and get too excited. What I will say is that's changed my opinion on Mikel Arteta over the last seven games that I've seen is that we've started to see now a little bit more progress. I hate the word process. Yeah, I can't stand it. <laughs> it's a process. Never was a process under Emery or Wenger, but it's a process under Arteta. Mad. But when you look at it, I'm starting to see progress. That's where I look at Arteta because I believe he deserves a lot of credit for some of the players' opinion. Uh, some, sorry, some of the players' progress this year, particularly Granite Chaka. I think he's been ridiculously good, and I've been a a big kind of. Um, You're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah, on Granite Chaka, bro. So I think he's been great. I also look at what he's done with the uh, team as a whole in terms of the recruitment. I think it's actually been really good. I think they've got some wrong him and Edu, and I don't think they've done enough personally. Still think we're short, and I think the depth is is not there. But when I look at it, I must admit, like I I do feel there's something about this team this year that looks a little bit different, and I do think it's that quality that he's brought in. My doubt started near the start, mate, if I'm honest with you. When he came in, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He won the FA Cup and I thought, 
listen, let's just give this guy a go and see what he's about. Right, and you then, saw it at the time, yeah, you can only go on what yeah, you Yeah, man, listen, I, I didn't want him. I didn't want him at all, man. I can't sit there and lie to you. I can't say that no, I want him. You can't be blamed for that. Arsenal's a massive job at a turbulent time. And, you know, if we look at it on a harsh thing, he had no experience. You're right. You, you know, you're right to have these concerns, man. Yeah, I did have concerns, bro. And when he won the cup, I thought, give him the benefit of that. Let's see what he does in the transfer window. The first thing he did, what I liked about the first transfer window, was he bought in a Vieira and Sol Campbell replacement in Gabriel and Thomas Party. Now, I'm not saying they're any good as those two players, but they've basically now Somewhat finally mimicking. got those attributes of mimicking it. Yeah, exactly that. So I thought, that's cool. But the results, man, it's a results business. And we were losing to Burnleys and Wolves and Villas and Leicesters yeah, at home. And I'm like, man. yeah, man, you know, I'm done. I was like, I'm done, man. I can't watch this anymore. This is awful. This guy's taken too much time. He's going to take too long. And I just wasn't convinced by his styles of play. I wasn't convinced by the players that he was using. I wasn't really convinced by some of his decision-making playing Granite Chaka at left-back, for example, a couple of times. Binned us out against Olympiacos. Binned us out against Villarreal. I was like, right, results business. This guy's probably going to be good in five or six years' time. But I ain't got well, that long to wait, man. I've already been waiting 18 years for a title. So I always had enough of it. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think sometimes when you look at this top four thing, I don't want top four, bro. I want first. <laughs> I don't want. You're not alone. Place. You're not alone. You know what I'm saying. Alone. There's no trophies so, for beyond the obvious champions yeah, qualification. Man, yeah, honestly, man. bro, and, and that was where my concerns was. Is this guy good enough to get us to a title? If he can prove me that he is, I'm the first one to hold my hands up and go. Do you know what? Yeah, I was harsh on him, probably justifiably so at the time, but it has taken time, and now we're starting to finally see some progress. So if that's the way it's going to be this season, I hold my hands up. But I do still have my reservations over that man. What would your reservations be for Mikel Arteta? I would say one for me would be one that extends to him and Edu, and you kind of alluded to squad depth. I do feel, you know, as much as the youth players are learning and stuff, Edu, Arteta, sorry, and Edu really, but Arteta's learning on the job, but I will kind of be harsh because I feel any consequence of players being injured and our loss of form and not having players, I think that's on them. When Arteta came in, he's had to deal with COVID. He's had to deal with unprecedented times. So the one thing you should, should kind of do is expect the unexpected. And I look at the summer window, the last two summers we've done good business, but we've left ourselves short. You know, I personally would have liked, I'm probably, my chest is a bit too high, but two or three midfielders, definitely at least one, there isn't none. And we know Thomas Partey, you know, when he's there, he's quality, he's injury prone, he's 29, he keeps having a occurring injury. We've got more games with less players, really. So what would your reservations be? That would be one major one for me, really, if I'm honest. Listen, I, I hear that, man. And that, that, along with another one, is my main one. I think we left ourselves short in the summer. We didn't do anything in January. And I'll be amazed if we see an amazing January transfer window upcoming either, man. I just don't have the faith in the window that we have the players enough of them coming in. I think we have some good players coming in, but it's like we get Jesus done and it's like, that's my, that's, I'm happy. Hang on, man. That's just the start. Let's not stop now. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's so many gaps, bro. And I'm like, what makes me laugh is Antonio Conte, let's compare an elite manager to Mikel Arteta, right? This is why I wanted somebody elite. doesn't have to be a Conte, but somebody of that level who's won stuff, right? In that one transfer window that he had, he got Tottenham top four. He's now had two transfer windows and people are rating him to come second. That is the difference. We've had six transfer windows and we finally bought one striker in Jesus in six okay. windows. I so, hear you on that. You know what I'm saying? That's the frustrating part for me where I still think, how long is this process going to be? The other query I have as well, bro, is the naivety because I do see it. I saw it massively the Old Trafford game and oh, the squad I'm so happy you're on me. this channel because it's nice to not <laughs> think that I'm mad because that was very naive. And I actually feel the same naivety we showed there was it reflected when we played Crystal Palace away, when we had Xhaka kind of last year playing that advanced role, Tavares kind of left to his own devices and you saw what happened. Well, I'll cut you off, my guy. 
No, no, listen, I think you're you're talking facts, bro. And I was at the United game and I remember it going 1-1, Saka scored. We were on the up and I said to my dad, dad, we're going to win this now. I was like, we're going to win this now. We're just going to keep it calm. We're going to keep it calm. We're going to keep possession with a better side and we will win this game. Nope, (laughs) we go naive again and we go gung-ho, just like we did against Newcastle and Spurs where we're trying to bomb everything forward. Let's just keep it calm, man, because teams can hit us Manage hard. the game in that, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So that that worries me. Um, and the squad depth thing, I mean, I'll put the question to you now, right? When everybody's fit, name me the five subs that we've got to bring on because none of them are... Uh, there's about one or two that I have that can change the game, bro. Well, I mean, five subs. Yeah, well, Smith Rowe's injured, and we'll get onto him in a sec. But you know, Smith Rowe, Martinelli, one of them would miss out, so it's naturally him on the bench. You got Fabio Vieira, where we don't really have a case study, but he looks good. I mean, you hope Eddie could do something off the bench, but you don't know. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, the bench is probably meaty, man. Really and truly, yeah, it's probably not strong enough. It's a good question. No, I'm, I'm trying to deep it. Because you know no. what, I don't know, know what my fubs, five subs would be, and you tell me how many of them can change a game. Kieran Tierney or Zinchenko is one, whoever don't play. Tommy Asu or Ben White, whoever don't play. Fabio Vieira, um, Smith Rowe, and probably Eddie. Now, I mean, we've we got seen Marquinhos. Eddie change the game on a kit. Yeah, Marquinhos, the man that all young, so I kind of cut you know, them luxuries. Exactly. But maybe Zinchenko, if you play him in midfield, you know, the two defenders you said, that's kind of if we're seeing out the game. Smith Rowe, if he's on the bench because he showed it last season, he can do the super sub thing as well as starting. Yeah, it's a bit meaty, really. Yeah, man, I can't answer that question the way I'd want to. Yeah, the bench, is, the bench is weak still. It's weak still. I can't lie to you. Yeah, it's weak. And I feel like in the window just gone, I really felt we were going to get another midfielder and another front front forward, felt whether like it be a striker or yeah. someone who can play across the three. So when we were linked with like Pedro Neto, Jeremy Pino, uh, and obviously centre midfielders like Tiedemans and Douglas Luiz, I was thinking, I'll take them because we need them. Like, none of them really excite me. Maybe Tiedemans and Neto probably would have excited me more than the other two. But when we got no one, I thought, are you for real? Right, like, and then, what's going on, man? You know what I mean? I was like, right, and then Party gets injured and we're like, surprise. Like, no one saw that coming. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> You're right on that, man. man. Where are you at with Thomas Party, anyways? Because I think we'd both agree, quality player, you know, when fit. But the problem is, I think the most he's played in a row is about eight games. He's got a recurring injury. I don't like to see the age 29 and start saying we need to replace him things, but he's 29. It's not like Smithrow, which we'll get onto where, you, you know, you can kind of persist with the injury proneness. Where are you at with Thomas Pye? Are you a thing where we get a replacement or we follow what we kind of did with Ben White and, and Zinchenko moving there for Tierney and Tommy Asu? And that if they're not there, it's not that it doesn't matter, but they're suitable replacements. Is your patience kind of running out with Pye? Because I must admit mine is because anytime when I look at the whole Ozil stuff or Pye now, when it's, not the quality of the player that's in question. That's when I have less patience because there's other layers to it. And you can't, like like us as as, as just normal football fans, there's no way Arteta and Edu looked at it in August and said, yeah, party's going to be fit for 20, 30 of those 38 games. And if they didn't, why didn't we get a midfielder? As you said, we're linked with a bunch of them, but it's a results-driven business. If we apply that logic, nothing's brought in. It's like you kind of alluded to last Jan. Fair enough, you wanted a Bamian to go, but you can't go save wages off the bench. It's, it's a bit political in that regards, man. It's crazy. Yeah, this one's, a, this one's a tough one for me, bro, because I look at it and I think, do you know what? Thomas Party, Tommy Asu, Tierney and Smith Rowe. 
it's like all four of them are made of glass, bruv. Like literally, the, all yeah. four of them are, are are getting injured. So what do we do about that? Do we sell all four of them? No, I don't believe we do. I think we do it with Pablo's party exactly what we've done with Tierney and with Zinchenko and with um, Tommy Asu and Ben White. We go and find that Thomas Party replacement, and that replacement might mean that Thomas Party not might be able to play every single game. But you know what? He's not done that for the last two years anyway. So even Has if he, he is done fit, that really, exactly. Has he ever done that? Not at Arsenal. So. What I want to do is go and find our Rodri or our Fabinho. And then I want to go Amen. and find, you know what I'm saying? I want to go and then say to party, listen, man, if you are going to get knocks, we've got somebody now that ain't Lokonga or Elneny. We've got someone who can come in and do exactly what you do. And likewise with Saka, do you know what I'm saying? If Saka's out, Marquinhos, yeah, he looks like a bit of a gem, but how good is he right now? If we went and got a Pedro Neto to come in for when Saka's not there and thereabouts, that's how you start building a title winning side. And I think when Man City... Everyone looks at Man City and even Liverpool, to be fair, have got strength in depth. But to be fair to them, have even struggled this season. Mm-hmm. Man City don't go to Mares. Oh, yeah, don't worry. You're playing every game because Foden will come in if he's out. Do you know what I'm saying? Or like, for example, if Haaland does get injured, right. like people are saying he's going to do, they have they got Alvarez. Alvarez guy, do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And this is what I mean. None of them... Right. So, people frustrate me, DG, when people say, well, no one's going to come in at centre-forward now because we've got Jesus. They're not going to sit on the bench. Well, why are we a big club then? Because exactly, when we were yeah. a big, right. <laughs> when we were a big club, did Henri, did Burkamp go? What are you bringing Thierry Henry on for? What are you bringing him in for? You know, Carno and Wiltor, did they go? Sorry, what are you bringing oh, Ray Henry Parler for? Ray Parler was one of the best squad players you can Ray even Parler. get. You know, bro, it's a squad game. Fans don't understand it, and I do think you're right. Arsenal fans do this thing where we need depth. We need depth, and I saw it early on in the season. Players start coming in. Ah, oh, Tini's finished. Zinchenko's playing. Now you're seeing Tini play. Where's Zinchenko <laughs> getting? We need problems, and I, and to to go to your point about big players not wanting to join big teams because they might not necessarily play. That's bloody Sunday league. You know, if you're joining to a you, you're joining a bigger team, there's less competition. But you know, you're nine times out of ten gonna be stronger. Competition breeds obviously a, a bit better in everyone, and that's what we need. We need competition. Arteta needs to lose his hair due to the headaches of who he's playing and not playing. Really, really and truly. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't really get it. You mentioned it. What have you made a sacker this season? Because. I'm on the fence. I do think there's a lot more to come. I do think he's, on one hand, been a start-stop kind of thing for him. But I do think there's a lot of noise. I think we've been getting results without him necessarily doing the business. But I do actually think he's playing decent. I can't lie. He might not be getting the numbers and his finishing can improve. But he, he definitely looks all right to me. Where are you at with that? Yeah, personally, I feel like he's got a lot of credit in the last two years, rightly so. I think he's carried this team in parts, bro, in the last couple of seasons. So now when he started off not so great and he's not the one that's impressing, for me, it's only a good thing. And I always demand the best from players, so he ain't going to be able to be playing like this throughout the season. But what I will say is that there's no lack of intensity. There's no lack of work rate for me. He don't look like he don't care and he's not trying. He certainly is giving 110% from Facts. what I can see. And when I look at the goals and the assists that he has been a part of this season, it ain't been bad to have, what, four assists and one goal and maybe one that you could say was his if it weren't for deflection against Palace in Facts. seven games. That's not a shocking start to the season, like people are saying. The thing is with Saka is people are expecting him to be the Saka um, of every single game. And Jesus's performance have erased everybody's levels. And because mm-hmm. Saka hasn't been up there with Jesus and Martinelli in every single game, people are saying he's had a poor start to the season. I don't think he's been poor. We've seen that he's still got it. He came on for England the other day and changed the game, in my opinion. Amen. So for me, I think we've got a great, absolute gem there, man. And I think he'll have another good season. So it's just about keeping patience and not giving him too much stick. And what would be better, man, than to, a better fitting way than to do something at the weekend, mate? Exactly that, man. A bit like last year. And I, I echo everything you said. I think Saka set himself high expectations and he's probably dying by it, really and truly. I still think he's doing all right. 
I don't like to do the age thing, but you know, he's still young and I would like Arsenal to be in a facility where you mentioned folding, you know, it, folding isn't the difference between City winning or losing. For us, Saka nine times out of 10 is, as you said, if he hasn't scored or assist somewhere down the line, he's been involved or he's turned it on. As good as he is, you kind of need these guys to have a bit of a healthy space to just be young players really and truly because life has come at Saka fast. The whole Euros, playing for Arsenal, number seven, new contracts every week, etc., etc. What do you make of Martinelli? Because last season, everyone would say, oh, Arteta hates him, he can't get in the team, he might have to go on loan, he might have to leave. And for me, he's doing quite well, really and truly. And it's a bit unlucky mm. that him and the other Brazilian lads didn't get a look in for the latest well, uh, latest international squad. Well, listen, I'm cool with that, man. <laughs> if they don't want to yeah, pick yeah, him, then that's calm because like that, yeah. they, you know, they're good for Arsenal then. But um, in all seriousness, I do believe all three of them will have a great chance of going to the World Cup still because I think they've got some quality in every single part of their play. With Martinelli, what I love, and I was one of the guys shouting at Arteta saying, why aren't you giving him a chance? Because he weren't, man. Same. He was on the bench every game. But when he's starting to play him, he was absolutely taking the ball by the horns and taking his opportunities well. This time, wow, what a start to the season. The guy's been brilliant in everything that we've done that's looked good. And I think his combination with Jesus has taken him to another level. That signing for me has just proved what Lacazette couldn't do and what yeah. Jesus can do. And what that's done is raised the levels of some of the players in the team. And I honestly believe that left-hand side has been superb this year. Right from, you know, Ramsdale's rolling out over to Gabriel and Tierney, right the way to Zinchenko, forward to Granit Xhaka and Martinelli and Jesus. I think we're looking very solid down that left-hand side now. And I think that when we get everybody fit and maybe a couple of signings, I think the right-hand side needs to kind of be replicated because I'm a fan of what I'm seeing from Erdegaard and Saka. And I think Jesus is definitely that guy to get involved with uh, when things start going well on the right-hand side as well. But Martinelli, for me, I need to see more end products. And we've started to see that at yeah, the start yeah, of the first yeah. seven games. I think sometimes he plays a little rash. I think sometimes he's naive and comes through. Yeah, man. Like, it'll go through and you think you look so composed. Sometimes he doesn't look composed. So that will come. Um, and I think sometimes, like you touched on, we need to remember these are kids, man. They ain't pretty grown. They're not 27, 28. You know, mm, if they're doing mm, that 27, 28, you might look and go, okay, what's happened to your game? What's happening? When you're yeah. doing that 20, 21, man, you've got a lot of time to mature. And I do believe that they're doing that together and growing as a team. And I think that what we're seeing from Martinelli, and the good things we're seeing, a lot of it has to do with Gabriel Jesus as well as him developing as a player, man. Amen. And you mentioned it there. Well, at the start, one thing I have liked about Arteta is the part, and you kind of said it there, the partnerships, whether that's Tierney and whoever's in front of him, Zinchenko and who's ever in front of him, Zinchenko and Xhaka, what's ever going on on the right-hand side, Martinelli and Jesus, Eddie in his five minutes off the bench. I do like the relationships because I do think football is about that and it could only breed confidence. One thing I like about all these young players at our team, the Martinelli's, the Sackers, the smith Rose, they don't hide. You know, they don't hide. And I think they're the most excitable players in our team. I think when you go through our experience ones, with the exception of Xhaka, who probably polarises opinion. Historically, it's been our experienced players where people are divided. You speak to 10 Arsenal fans, five say one thing, the others. Everyone can all agree for all the improvements the young players could make. They're, do they're doing their job. What have you made of Smith-Rowe's injury? Obviously, you've probably seen the news. He's undergone surgery. He's out until December. Slim hopes of the World Cup are probably dead for us in a packed October until the end of the year where there's big games, a lot of games, Europa League. He can't play a part. For me, I'm gutted, man. He's one of my favourite players in the team. Obviously, super sub role off the left. And left-hand side's probably open season. Like you kind of said, unless you're bringing in a netto or something, Saka's not getting dislodged for that. And I'm gutted for Smith-Rowe, man, because he had a good season last year, you know, number 10 shirt, all of that stuff. You know, I guess it comes with being a footballer. But yeah, man, I'm probably more upset than Smith-Rowe is, man. I was genuinely very upset when I saw the news today, bro. I felt like it was coming because he hasn't been able to get into this side for a long time now. 
because mm. of niggly injuries. And I felt like something was wrong there. How'd you get injured in a warm down, bro? <laughs> After Man United. I so bro, for me, <laughs> I love him, man. I love him. He's one of my favorites oh, like you. Man. Yeah. How can you when not you love him like that, about him? But you get injured in a warm down, you've got some serious problems. That's why this surgery clearly needed to happen. And I feel like although it's frustrating and we're not going to see him now probably till after the World Cup, I believe it might be a good thing for his the rest of his season. Because if he's going to go throughout the season like that, one game injured, one game injured, another one injured, I'd no rather just him... Yeah, man, I'd rather him miss that three-month period and come back for every game as opposed to try to make four or five That's throughout true. the whole season. So I think it might be an okay thing. And the, the other thing people forget about is we've got nine games in October, which is a, a, a big part. That would have been, that would have really, we would have been that'd using have been his one in it. That and been it would have been his one. So it's frustrating in that way, but in a way it's good because he would have kept coming on, getting niggles in those games. It might be best for him just to, do you know what, lay off, get yourself back, get yourself fully fit. And then when the, the World Cup's over, you come back for the second part of the season because we're going to need you, man. This is a, a big season for Smith Rowe, in my opinion, trying to get him into the Arsenal setup and back into the England setup, which he did get into through Gareth Southgate. I think personally, yeah, a bit frustrating for him, but. Certainly, as far as the season's concerned, it ain't like season over for me. And I think that it might be something that needed to happen for him to have a chance of playing long periods of time in this season because it looked like, to me, he just wasn't fit when he was playing anyway. Like, he was coming on for bits and bobs, not really changing much. Mm. When he came on at Old Trafford, I didn't think he looked great. And again, when he has been making appearances throughout this season in the first seven games, it ain't looked like the Smith throw that I know. So maybe it's needed, bro. You're right on that, man. Obviously, he was kind of a bit like Fabio Vieira, who fortunately is fit right now. You know, he's, he was robbed of a pre-season. Like you said, you can't get your fluidity. He probably can't get any confidence. Like, Smith Rowe does look like a confidence lad. Like, when he's on top of the world, you see what he brings to the table. Naturally so, you're going to feel sorry for yourself. I'm no medical man and neither are you. But when when I look at that, obviously, he's in his early 20s and part is in his late 29, he's, well, he's 29, late 20s. Is it a thing where maybe we should look to do that with Parton? Now, obviously, we're losing for a significant part, but it keeps being the same old injury. Would it be worth kind of, in your opinion, maybe seeing if that could be done so that at least for your short time, you're going to still be here. We can just kind of put Parton as someone that we've got more confidence with to stay fit. This is the thing, man. Like, why do we always have to talk about this with Arsenal, man? It feels like this goes back years with Arsenal's injury records, doesn't well, it? It does, my guy. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I honestly believe... Does. There must be something on the training ground. There must be something we do in training. Maybe the training ground pitch. People, Rio Ferdinand, I remember saying it was like a snooker table, but you wouldn't know that by the injury records, man. You know what I'm saying? So, Kieran Tierney, Thomas Party, Smith Rowe, Tommy Asu. It goes back further. Eduardo, Diaby, yet yeah, broken legs, never could get fit after that. Then you look at the niggling injuries True. we had to Thomas Vermaelen, Thomas Rosicki, players that... I've even forgot about now that probably had mm, niggling, niggling mm. injuries Santi for had years. them here and there as well. Santi Pozzola, Theo Walcott, Jack Wilshere, Ramsey. It goes on, man. So I don't think we can, you know what I mean? I don't think it's we can mad. look at this anymore and say that there's not something linked there. There can't be that many occasions that that's happened in the last 15 years. But what we do about it, in my opinion, is not much at the moment until January comes. And I honestly believe that we have to do something in January to keep us afloat. Because I do believe that we have, what, 14 players, probably? And mm, we need mm. 20, in my opinion, to compete for a title. So we're about four, four to five, six short. I think we could probably get by with a couple of positions. I like some of the strength in depth. I think left-back's good strength in depth. Right-back, I still feel we need one. But at the moment, we're looking at like we can cover there. 
You know what why I'm would, saying? Why Center would you want back. another right back? Because I've, I've said it before. Because many people mm. say, you know what, Ben White's showing versatility. Tommy Asu, if it does his thing. Obviously, there is Cedric, which I'm not sure many people believe in, but in terms of numbers, why would you want another right back? Many would people would say there might be other areas mm. that need to be addressed. So everybody keeps talking about Norton Coffee. I'm happy with Norton Coffee coming through because he's a youngster and I love the fact that we have that. The guys at Rotherham at the moment, and I was listening to someone the other day saying they spoke to guys from the Rotherham podcast and they really like this kid, but he can't cross the ball. <laughs> he can't cross the ball. Yeah, his really good. level's not there yet, in my opinion. Exactly, yeah. Way. So he is not going to be ready to come into the Arsenal first setup. I'm more than happy for him to do it in a couple of years' time. Cedric, let's just not go there, man. The guy's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, the guy's proved on that, man. I'm saying that is done, man. The amount of times he's out of position is scary. Against Newcastle and Spurs at the end of last season, Lord it was God. an absolute diabolical individual performance from him, in my opinion, right? So that's not an option. Tommy Yasu made a glass, but really like him. Yeah, really, really like him. And Ben White has covered there. But what that means is you're weakening in one of your centre-half positions if Gabriel gets suspended because Rob mm -hmm. Holding's coming in. I don't want that, man. I don't want Rob Holding coming in. I like Rob Holding in terms of, you know, his mentality and the fact that he loves what he's doing. But let's be honest, he must pinch himself every morning and think, how am I still here? Because he ain't good enough, bro, is he? Let's be honest. He must have, He's a bit like Jenkinson. It's like, how am I still here? No one wants to get I've rid of I've won this in the cereal box or something. Yeah, man, you're in right. It just, you know what I'm saying? So that's why oh, I man. feel somebody like a Tariq Lamptey coming in would be that overlapping right back that we don't have. I feel like Tommy Yasu is that disciplined right back. Sometimes if you do need someone to go forward, a bit like we do on the left where we have one staying and one going, if Tierney wanted to be that one that stays in this discipline, because I feel like he's better defensively than Zinchenko and you wanted that right-hand side to be elevated, I think Lamptey and Saka together could be, could be dangerous or somebody like that. So I look at that situation and think, yeah, I'm more than happy um, to get another right back in. But I wouldn't say it was a priority. I still believe the midfield, defensively particularly, um, is much more of a priority. And what's mad, DG, is you've got Chaka, right? If Chaka mm. goes out right now, he's we ain't yeah. got a replacement for him. Yeah. So we're in trouble, if we lose we're Chaka in big trouble, party, we're in big trouble, brother. Like Chaka gets sent off every year. Like I know it ain't happened for a while. It will happen this time. He will definitely get a red card at some point, And it might be a free gamer. If party's out for them three games, what is our actually our midfield? You're gonna have that's to my biggest concern, you, my guy. For me, you gotta make Odegaard play there or one of them guys, and you're betting on Lakonga. Like I, I listen, long term, I'm prepared to give Lakonga his chances, but I'm kind of more a bit ruthless this season in the sense of we need to get top four to set up this foundation. And obviously, mm. I'd rather Lakonga play ahead of El Nene, for example. But if we're just trying to get top four this year, I'd rather bet on the fact that El Nene, in a nice way, might give me five or six for a couple of games out of ten. Lakonga might be the best player in the world over 90 minutes, the worst player the next weekend. We've already got a young and volatile squad. So you're right, man. We're very light in midfield. Obviously, we was linked with we are still linked with Douglas Luiz. Telemans is there, that Danilo brother from Brazil. Are you trying to get any of these, especially the ones that are contracted until 2023 in January? You might be able to get a discount. Our world rumors have come have, have resurfaced as well. Is it feasible to get them? You know, would Aston Villa, for example, want to give us um Douglas Luiz, or would they rather, in your opinion, sell him abroad? So Douglas Louise is a no for me. I'll tell you why, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you why. When I heard about us linked with him, I quite liked him. Why he looks all right. I spoke to my guy who's a Villa fan, and he said something which just stuck with me and I can't get out of my head. 
he said, um, I said to him, like, things ain't looking good at Villa, what's been going on? And he said, oh, he said, um, yeah, it's a bit bad in our midfield at the moment. Like, Kamara has been so important for us. And when he's out, we have to play Douglas Luiz. I was like, wow. oh, what? You wow. don't play Douglas Luiz every game? He's like, oh, no, we don't play him. He comes in when, when Kamara's out. And I'm like, I don't wow. want him then. <laughs> I'm that like, if he can't scary, get in the Aston Villa. Yeah, I'm saying. So, like, he can't get ahead of McGinn and Kamara. And there's another guy as well. Is it? Then they play their attacking one. That Ramsey. Or Coutinho. Well, Rams, Jacob Ramsey, yeah. So, they play them guys. So, he doesn't get into this first 11 side for Villa. And we're trying to buy him. Now, I like some of that attributes. So don't get me wrong. I think he'll fit in with the Brazil link for sure. I would rather probably go for Danilo. And the reason I would say that is because he is the only Brazilian that's been picked that is not mm. playing in European football. There's a reason for that. There's a lot of people talking about this guy and highly rating him. And I've, I, I normally don't do this. I normally go the other way around. I normally like to go for the Premier League proven player. But mm. with this, something's telling me why is Aston Villa not picking Douglas Luiz? Now, he has been playing, funnily enough, the last couple because they've had a bit of a change around in midfield. But that worries me. If he's not a starter for Villa... I don't really think I want him at Arsenal. Now, that's no disrespect to what the player does and Aston Villa, etc. It might be that Gerard just doesn't fancy him for whatever yeah, reason. Might be you know, a bit like they don't fancy Basuma, for example. You know what I'm saying? So there are some managers don't like players for whatever reason, a bit stubborn with it. But I think Tielemans I've wanted for a while. I like the player a lot and I wanted to get him. But they're saying the price is too hefty for a January and uh, summer move. So obviously it'll be free in the end of the season. I think with Zaha, he's another one who's free at the end of the season. I think that's that 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 boat sailed, if I'm honest with you. Mm, He'll be 30, mm. I think, at the end of this year. I still like him and I still think he probably would do a, a really good job. Um, but, you know, but I feel like we need to go to that next kind of level for me now. We've been told that we've got youngsters and we're sprinkling gold dust over it. If Jesus and Zinchenko are the gold dust, I don't want to be seen as going for Douglas Luiz. So, do you know what I'm saying? I want to be seeing us going for who that next guy is. And I feel like people always say to me, well, who would you get then? And they get the hump. Well, who would you get then? Well, in yeah. my job, bro, I'm not the scout. Yeah. Thank I you. Don't, said that. I Thank don't... you. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that same reply, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying pay me five million a year and I'll go and find someone. Do you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a guy who's Amen. got an opinion on football and they seem to think I'm the one who knows who to buy. If you yeah. say I can give you names, I'll go and get Abraham Sangare from PSV. There you go. He looks I'll lit. go get him. Yeah, looks like a wicked player. But he might not be the guy. I don't know yet. You've got to go and find your Rodri. Go find your Fabinho. Go find your next Zaha. Go find Especially your next Vlaovic. Especially doing this emerging thing. Because as you've seen, once it starts getting into bidding wars and all of this sort of thing, you've got to be, in my opinion, prepared to overpay for people like Pedro Neto, for example, if you really want them. Nobody wants to sell good players. I very much doubt that Liverpool wanted to pay for as good as he is the price of Van Dijk or, or City with a couple. But you've got to do it. I think we we, we go down that similar theme. Do you think Telemann's significant? Significantly improves our starting eleven, and where does he play? Because he probably would play with Xhaka because of Partey's flight risk. But you, I'd imagine that if Partey's fit, and you know we could bet on him for the whole season, surely it would be Xhaka or Telemann sort of thing. Yeah, hundred man, and it's mad, isn't it? Because if you would have said to me over the last four years, who would you have in our Arsenal side, Telemans or Chaka? I would have said Telemans all day long. Pick the last couple of seasons. I don't think there's much between it, and some would argue Chaka's been better. I actually do feel the last two seasons, Granite Chak has been significantly better and if not one of our better players. And it's mad for me to I say agree. that. Because um, you're watching the games. That's why it's not mad. You just got to be fair, man. You're being fair. Yeah, of course you have, games, man. Of course, of course. And, you know, I'd still take Tielemans because as we've just said, there's nobody after Chaka. And if Tielemans and Chaka have to fight it out, that's what I want to be seeing. So I'd take him 100% still. 
when it comes to another defensive midfielder, I believe it needs to be someone who's like proper up there with party. And I just don't know who that is out there at the moment. And like I, I say, it needs to be someone that we scout that's going to be like a Rodri or Fabinho that comes in and goes, wow, this is amazing. We didn't see this guy out there. I'm I think you. when you look at the the kind of Vlavic and the Darwin Nunez's types, I still feel that's a start type of style that we don't have and that we do need. Like an Olivier Giroud type who can come on and give us a different dimension, who, by the way, is still banging in goals. It's yeah, unbelievable. Still, under- you know, he's what an underrated guy, man. Record, bro. Honestly, brother, what an underrated centre-forward that guy was. When he was with he us, everyone slated so him. Wrong, man. Oh, man, did we? Uh, man, unbelievable. But And the last thing I'll say on this is, for me, when we look at it, I know we're looking far ahead now in terms of the summer window already, but... I do believe personally we need the kind of Tammy Abraham's type to come in. Oh, how are we going to get him when Jesus is already there? I'm sorry, mate. We're a big club. Go get them to compete with them. If you don't want Tammy Abraham, exactly. Kill him. All right. You don't want to come in. If you don't want to come in and fight for your place, bro, then you can stay at Roma. I don't want you. I want someone to come into the Arsenal that can say, I can fight Jesus. Jesus is quality, but I can fight him. I'm better. And that's what I want. I want that attitude at the club, man. And, you know, go and find your another Vlavic. Go and find your next Darwin Nunez who's killing it out there. Go and buy him. That's the way it should be. Our scouting should always be like that. You know, Leicester don't sit there with their well, Leicester fans and say, well, Mares is off. Who do you think we'll go and get? Harvey Barnes. Oh, he's no good. He's rubbish. Oh, actually, Harvey mm. Barnes has come in and been wicked. Do you know what I'm saying? Trump, yeah. Indeed, he come in and replaced Kante. You know what I'm saying? All the, you've got at the back, you've got Soyuncu that come in. Johnny Evans are coming. Harry Maguire are coming. All after Leicester have won the league, they've replaced players with players that are either as good or not, if not better. I think that's what we need to do. Arsenal don't do that. They they just, there seems to be this massive love session for Edu and Arteta that if it don't go right, they'll just make excuses as to why it hasn't gone right. We tried. We tried in the trial. Try harder, please, because we're actually trying to go for a title. One, well, some of us want to go for a title. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh yeah, we're going to be, uh, we're going to have a great window, like eight or nine out of 10 window. Jesus and Zinchenko. That's not an eight or nine out of 10 window. Bro, we had about four or five positions still short. I gave it a, I gave it a, 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 I gave it a six before we signed um, Zinchenko, and I said I'll give it a six and a half to seven now. But hopefully it will go to an eight or nine if we get a couple more in. And it stayed at that six and a half to seven for me because I didn't feel that Jesus as great as he was. I mean, without Jesus, it would have been about a four. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you can't give it an eight out of ten just because one player's come through the doors. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's, it's. We need to look at it realistically, man. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those for me. So. You know, I, I would have I would have taken Douglas Louise in January in uh, sorry in the summer until I started to look at what he was doing at Villa and I didn't realise he was hardly playing. He's hardly playing. So if he's not playing for Villa, is that a good signing for Arsenal? Man, listen, maybe it would be. I don't know. I'm I'm with you, man. I just feel positions with certain runs of form. I do think our fans, it's at there's two extremes. You're either very doom and gloom or you're very excited. I think there's lacking balance. I do like what Arteta and Edu have done in the transfer market, but we always leave ourselves short. You know, if you go, if you know in your fridge, you you know, and you if you know in your kitchen you need milk and bread, there's no point going to Sainsbury's and just buying milk. How are you gonna make a sandwich? I just feel we sell ourselves short in midfield. Since I've started on YouTube, I've been very critical about signing a midfielder. I know we brought in Partey, but we left ourselves incredibly short. And I do think while you deserve praise for some of the signings, like you said, uh, you know, you deserve question marks for midfield. And that's why any consequence of injuries or whatnot, 
I have no sympathy for Eddie or Arteta because like you said, if we tried, fair enough. But as you said, it's a results-driven business. Trying isn't good enough. We needed to get a midfielder in. Cool, if you didn't bring anyone in, if I look at it on the devil's advocate thing, you might reckon that there's people in the squad that you might be able to get a workaround, whether that's Lukonga, whether that's changing it up with Fabio Vieira, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe with fit, um, doing something in the middle. If I don't see that, then it's, it, there's no excuses because we need to learn from last season. There's many reasons as to why we didn't get top four, as you know, but one of them was our depth. We over-relied on holding Cedric, even El Nene, who done well in our part to keep it ticking along, but when it was crunch time, there's no romance around it. Tavares as well, so we left ourselves short, and that's why I think ultimately, if we don't get top four, there needs to be a lot of questions. I'm not saying to sack Arteta because context is key, but I think there has to be question marks because money's been spent, been given a new deal, been given ma a, a, the manager role. You know, I actually think he's got more of a say than Edu when it comes to transfers. And for me with Edu, you've done a lot of good things, Brazilian influence, all of that stuff. But I just feel like with Jan in the summer, when it's crunch time, you got to be able to pull a rabbit out the hat. And I don't think he's quite been able to do that. You know, have you got enough people in your phone book? Do you have any agents and scouts you could talk to? What's your relationships with, with other clubs? Either way, nothing's gone on, you know. Fair enough, Douglas, Luis, this, Pedro Neto, that, Rafina, the other. You know, I'll take not getting these players, but it's all about what you do after because it doesn't help me if we need these, uh, these areas and whatnot. So that's the problem I have. And I do, I do need a lot more from Eddie just because I feel... You either have an experienced manager and an inexperienced technical director or the complete opposite of that. Very rarely will you see a team do both. I know we're doing this growing thing off the field with all the, the staff, but something needs to change. And I'm very critical on Edu and Arteta because you was midfielders. You you know what this Premier League's about. You were midfielders. Edu had a little role where there was a period in, in my life you was coming off the bench to help us see out games and things like that. So you kind of have personal experiences. And like you saw in All or Nothing, they got the fancy board with all the players' names and who can come in and come out. So... I, I do think you're intelligent enough. If us common fans could see you need a midfielder, what's gone wrong? Like, what has happened? And I did feel at the start of the summer, you know, the way Edu was talking, the way the club was moving, I think, and I still think it, it was very good. But ultimately, we talked a good game. I didn't quite get it, get it done, in my humble opinion, which is kind of the issue, if I'm completely honest with you. So it's a bit of an issue. I wanted to ask you this, but we kind of digress. Everybody fit. Does Smith roll for you getting the Arsenal's strongest eleven? No, nah, not at the moment, bro. Um, the reason I say that is because the form of Martinelli for me has been superb. And I think Erdegaard's lifted his game up as well, man. I look at what Erdegaard has done in the last seven games and it's really impressed me. I really like him technically. And I feel like the only question mark I had was his uh, was his GA. Like his goals and assists for me were just poor last season. Mm. I wanted James Madison a couple of years ago before we got Erdegaard. We had him on loan Still and I thought he was right. well. I, Yeah, I, I'd love the kid, man. I love everything about this kid. I think he's wicked. I think he's going to end up in a Newcastle shirt, I must say. But I do want him at Arsenal Same. still. Um, 18 goals and 12 assists to Erdegaard's 7 goals and 4 assists. Um, that, for me, yeah, I, I think it's chalk and cheese, bruv. So yeah. that's what I need yeah. to see this season is double figures for me in Erdegaard's in terms of goals and assists. And I start to believe. And I think this season he started really well. So for me, Smith Rowe just can't get in this team at the moment. First of all, he needs to get fit. And when he is fit, yeah. he needs to start proving when he's coming off the bench why he deserves to be in this side. I think with Fabio Vieira, what could be a down a downfall for Smith Rowe is that if Vieira starts to come in and put performances in as well, then that's going to knock him further back down because there's kind of two areas where Smith Rowe can get in this team and that's Odegaard's position and Martinelli's. If Fabio Vieira is going to start to take that Odegaard it's position when he's out, team, yeah. it's very hard for him. So I think that Smith Rowe is a big season for him. It really is, man. Going into the North London derby, big up Wilson for this question. He said, which manager is under more pressure, Arteta or Conte and why? For me, oh... 
I think both, man. I would. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I would say for me more so Arteta because you know, respectfully to Conte, he's been there, done it, wore the t-shirt. If if it does go tits up for Spurs in this game or this season, people will question Conte, but his CV speaks for itself. And you know, Spurs have put in results. I hate to say it, but against top six times, top six teams. Sorry, Conte shown he can do a thing for Arsenal this season. The real big test was Man United. We failed. You know, we go into this North London game. I don't think they've won since 2010 at our place. I want that to be the same. And you know, after this, we've got Liverpool. We might not even have Jesus. So I need to know Arteta can do this thing against top six teams. Whether we're going to be a consistent top four team, go further in the. League or long-term win trophies, he's got to show we can get mark get points off the top six, and we did do that on occasion last season. But when the pressure's on now, I wouldn't quite say beyond the obvious pressure is on now. We're in good form, we're doing all right. You know, it's it's kind of give or go between the two teams. But for me, I'd probably lean towards Arteta because it would be another L against the top six side, really. And then we've got Liverpool next week. Where, where Listen, you that, uh, it's a good question, man, because. Conte would probably put more pressure on himself because <laughs> yeah, Conte is a yeah. winner. Arteta yeah. has been given time and he does he's not a winner yet, you know what I'm saying? So I suppose Conte would put pressure on himself. The reason is uh, the answer is Arteta is because this guy's had four seasons now to try and get Champions League football and he's had 400 million pounds to spend to do it. And if he still can't get it after near to 400 million pounds being spent, and I'm afraid we're going to have to go with a different option in my opinion. Now I honestly believe Believe, bro, that whatever happens, he'll stay. Even if we miss out, Same. I think Same. he'll stay. I think the he, process started invested. last season for me with fifth, and then if he gets that now, I don't. I don't think there, there is their timeline's different to us. For me, if their timeline is very different to ours. Our timeline is we haven't won the league yet, or we haven't got top four yet. Their timeline is it will happen eventually, even if it takes 10, 15 years. So I really don't feel like this is a pressure season for Arteta at all. But for me, as a fans looking in, I think there's pressure on both. But for me, I think it has to be Mikel Arteta who's the one that, that gets too too much uh, pressure on him if things don't go well. Because Conte, let's be honest, Conte will probably leave anyway. Like, Conte doesn't so, really want to be... You know I'm saying? Like, the links are true, my guy. I hope so. Yeah, I hope he goes, man. I mean, he's got this one year and I think he'll go whatever. If he wins something, I think that actually makes him go even more because he's like, I've done it. My legacy see you later. Done. Let me go, I'm man. done. Let me go now. I'm not signing another extension. My contract's done here. But if we don't, even if they don't, I think you'll look at it still and go, I've tried my best, but you guys are just in trouble. So I'm off. <laughs> Do you know what I'm, I'm saying? I'm, I'm so with you, bro, on that 100%, my guy. And that's where, I, you know, as much as I think Arteta has done good things, no one's without fault. Sometimes I think he's complicated things at times. And I think last season, towards the tail end of the season, not that you can, but I think if you put Conte with the bunch of players that were there, regardless of injuries, I think he gets through over the line. We get top four. It might not be pretty, but we get it. I don't think Arteta does it with them Spurs players. And maybe that's down to experience. I'm not too sure. So I, I, I agree with you with that. And I, and I, as much as I want Arteta to do it here, because we'd have our manager, no one wants to see a gaffer get sacked and things like that. A part of me wonders if, if worse comes to worse, has Arteta and, and Edu got us in a position where we hope that Emre and uh, Raul Sanye did in that? There's a good cu couple of players at the team. You add a few more, you promote some good habits, we iron out the bad ones and you never know where we could go and what we could do. And, you know, again, Arteta and Edu, for me, you know, clearly the Cronkays like to operate. Once they've got their men in place that they trust, they kind of leave them to their own advices. Devices, sorry. So if you've got more responsibility and power, you have to have more question marks. Same way you get more praise, really, if I'm honest with you. And I, I really think we need 
to make some progress this year because we keep mm. flopping it for ourselves. As the last few years, even back down to Emre, no matter how good other teams have been, we have lost out on top four because of ourselves. In essence, third and fourth is battle of the inconsistent. You're not able to show consistency over a 38-game period. That's why you're not doing stuff. And for a while last season, even third was, was available. You know, Chelsea weren't the best, but they were better than us and Spurs. Obviously, Spurs, unfortunately, were better than us and, and United. And that's where we ended up, where we ended up, in my opinion, man, which was kind of mad still. Listen, the best way to answer that, bro, is if things start to go south, I'm not coming for the manager. <laughs> I'm not coming for the I manager. He's proved he's proved what he can do and can't do. Yeah, I'm coming for the ownership and I'm asking them what they're going to do about it because we can't have another year of disappointment, in my opinion. Being outside of the Champions League is criminal, mate. Being outside the Champions League for this Amen. long ridiculous how they're still in ownership and how the fans can still sit there and say they trust in a process when we've been out the Champions League for that much, bro. So, uh, bro. so when I look at it, right, I honestly believe if we get to a stage where Mikel Arteta and Edu are staying here when we come sixth, let's say, this season, I don't think we will, by the way, I had, but if we do, let's just say we come trophyless, have exactly the same season we had last season, trophyless, and we come fifth. If they're going to start backing this guy again, I want them gone, owners-wise. I'm not coming for Arteta. I'm not coming for Edu. I'm not coming for any of those, man. I'm coming for the V-Nice and the Josh Cronkies and the people that are right at the top that are backing this The this people that process. actually make the key decisions, you're right. Still. The key decisions. So that's the way that I see it, bro. Whether you believe that we've done right well in the transfer market, whether you believe it needs a few more players, it's more time. This process is taking too long for a club the size of Arsenal if we get another trophy this season and come fifth. Because the size of, you know, if we want to go and be an Everton or a West Ham and we're coming in and around fifth oh, and we're God, trying no. to get this job, fair play. If that's what you want to be like, then that's fine by me. But I'm going to have to go and support another team. Because my beloved, my beloved club was up there fighting for titles and we ain't been doing that for a long time. When I left the Highbury in 2004, when we went unbeaten, I remember I was 16, 17 years old and I walked out there thinking, I've got an unbelievable future ahead of me with this club. <laughs> and since that day, 18 years has passed oh. and I've seen us in one title race in 2008 when Eduardo broke his leg. Because the other times mm. we were about 11 points off Leicester when they won it. We were miles off the others when we went for it in 2013-14, the year that Liverpool and City fought it out. Right. And then 2011, 10-11, uh, we lost to Birmingham in the League Cup final. Oh, Barcelona gosh. when Van Persie got the ball kicked away and got sent off and it all went wrong from there. That's not a title race. Yeah, Title races, you get to May and you can still win the title. <laughs> That's a title and be 100% race convinced that you're able to be in there with a fight and I feel that's that's where I'm at with Arsenal I know that we're doing well we're doing good things there's a lot of good habits but there's for me there's still a lot more for me to see before I truly have confidence because I just feel away from other teams we still have that ability to self-capitulate and on that I forgot to actually ask you what have you made of our centre-half Saliba, Gabriel and Ben White mm. especially Gabriel because I'm a big fan but he has got that brain fart in him and I, if I if I'm honest with you I do think the way we've been here, I, I should see them kind of eradicated a bit now, if I'm completely honest with you. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Gabriel. Um, but the Bozo Gene and Gabriel do seem to go together, don't they? I do believe personally, though, that we've got a centre-half there, brother. I really like him. And what I will not like Gabriel for, and I'm going to give him more time at this because he's young and he's new to the newish to the team. But you're right, it is coming to the time now where he cannot make those mistakes now. Because when we look at Mustafis and Chakas and David Luiz, when they're making the same mistakes every season, that's why we get pissed, yeah? So if Gabriel's going to start making similar mistakes that he has been making season in, season out, 
is going to start coming down on him. Where he makes up for it is the rest of his game is fantastic. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. Distribution's great. His passing stats are amazing compared to what people give him credit for. They'll talk about Saliba and Ben White. Gabriel's passing's very good. Because you don't look his as pretty as them doing it, man. Doesn't look as pretty. Yeah, it doesn't look as pretty. Really good distribution. Fantastic positioning. Really good in the air. A threat from corners in terms of um, defending, but also attacking as well. I mean, I don't think he's. I think he scored the most goals from I a think defender. He got five uh, last year, and he started off this campaign all right as well. Really, exactly so that. Yeah. Good. So for me, Gabriel, fantastic. But Saliba, bruv. I mean, I what said it mean? the other day with Lee Judges. I think this guy is going to be one of the best players. The, the, sorry, one of the best defenders in the world, and I do believe he's going to. He is already one of the best young players in the world. Like, if you was to pick a young player at the moment in each position, he'd be at the back. So. I think this this guy is ridiculously good. I do. I don't want to go into it, but I do question as to how the hell we haven't played him yet already. Like, I don't mind if he weren't ready, but you're telling me he wasn't as good as Socrates Mustafi. Yeah, Golden we had some joke men in, Come in on, his man. place. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Jesus Christ! Like he would have been better than him even if he weren't ready. So when I look <laughs> at what he's done this season, seven games in, bro, it's been very encouraging, and I believe that he deserves a call up what, uh, to the country that he's getting now and recognition and applauds that he deserves. So I've been a real big fan of the pair of them, man. And together, I think they're a great partnership. And it's finally good to have someone at the back now that you trust. Because how yeah, many have yeah. we had, man? How many clowns have we just, had over the last? Just, yeah, years? like you said, it was just whichever one pissed you off least. You know, if 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 Mustafi played, you'd want to see Socrates. Socrates played, you want to see Mustafi and Marie and all of these other guys who I care not to talk about. Man, we really were getting somewhere. And and to be honest with you, that's why I kind of while Gabriel has to get those mistakes out, Saliba will make mistakes. Ben White's done well <laughs> last year, but will make mistakes. I've got more time for them because one, they're likable. Two, they're more on the youngest side. Like. Them guys were more experienced and then, you know, it's not necessarily mistakes. It's just bad habits you've got in your career and them guys' ages there, you're not really going to get that out of your game, which is appalling. Kay, I've left your question up here for a while. As we start to think about the North London derby, he said, big up the mandem. How do you see the tactical battle shape up and will we see Arteta, Pat and Conte? Uh, where are you at with that, Dan? I think things stay the same for both sides. And the reason I say that is because I feel that they could complement each other in a good way for both sides. The one advantage I feel we have personally is Martin Erdegaard is massively key in this game for me because we've got, a game, yeah, yeah, we've got a creative midfielder and they haven't, right? Now, don't get me wrong. They've got creative players. <laughs> That's the difference. They've got players like Son Kane and Kulisevsky if he starts. But for me, I would be looking at Erdegaard and Jesus together and thinking we've got a great chance here for them to do some damage. So I think that Conte won't come to sit and park the bus like people expect. I do think they'll give it a go because I think they want to come there and take three points. They're not going to go there and do, try yeah, and soak thanks. up. 100, man. And I think they'll learn a lot from the Chelsea game that they played not long ago, which to be fair, they should have lost if it weren't for, you know, cheating and pulling hair. They would have lost that game. That's so, crazy. you know, they're going to get a pen you know against us as well. Yeah, listen, it's one of those, man. But I do feel like we will go and play our game. My only concern is have we learned from Old Trafford? Because if we haven't and we're naive, Tottenham could nick it from us. It's the worst we team to be well naive at... against, man. It is, man. We, they'll lick our, they'll lick their lips if we play like we did against um, uh, Man United at Old Trafford. So nice. let's not go allow them to counter attack. Let's make sure that we're sensible and disciplined when we are defending and off the ball is massively important against this side. And when we come against um, the the side, the, the likes of their back line, I fancy us to do some damage if we get it right because they ain't that great a team. They haven't been playing great football. They've got an elite manager who's allowed them to either draw, not lose, or win games. And that's the only reason they're in this position. Because under Nuno, they would have finished about 11th last season, man. Unbelievably poor. 
You're right on that. And that's why I think it will be a good game because I feel we're two contrasting teams. I think both teams, just in terms of numbers on the board, have done all right. There's a number of good things. There's a number of, of, of improvements. I feel neither team across the course of 90 minutes has been perfect. I feel we start games better than them. I think they're 15 minutes FC. They finish games better than us. That's why I'm keen to for us to take advantage in the first half and see out the second half. I'm keen to see a bit on the theme of you about learning lessons from Old Trafford. Old Trafford, again, I'm not asking you to play a back three if you don't want to, but we need to be a bit more street smart and, and a bit less naive, especially if we're playing out from the back. We're ball playing side. We're going to have a high line, but be sensible. We've got enough footways with people. I can't be surprised as to why certain things have happened. So if you give Son, Kane, Kulisevsky, all of these guys time and space and you don't win your individual battles and you switch off for a second, which has happened in games, Villa, Fulham, definitely Leicester at home this season. You can't afford to do that really and truly. I want us to play to the home for crowd. The fact the crowd, you know, one thing I'll give Arteta, the, the same song he sung since he joined this club was we all need to be on the same page, win, lose or draw, Arsenal home and away. I'm, you know, it's, it's fantastic, as, as I'm sure you will agree. But we need to learn our lessons. I don't think we should get too excited if we win, but I want momentum, especially no disrespect to Spurs beyond the obvious, but the Liverpool game really and truly. I need to see that we're ready for this. You know, we've got a hell of games in October, if I'm honest with you, and it's now time. I mean, if we don't play a high line, Noah, we're going to be in problems. There's going to be gaps. We're <laughs> going to play a high line. We just need to be sensible. Every ball playing side plays a high line. We just need to be a bit sensible. As I said, don't get in a foot race with Son and Kane, mainly Son. You know, Kane drops deep into that 10 roll. Son's on his bike. We saw it last season. You saw it before they even scored. Like you said with Cedric, Cedric and Holding. One minute they're getting tight to Son. Neither, yeah, there's clearly no communication with them. The system's exposed. Lo and behold, Son scores. I think whoever earned the penalty earned the penalty. And Bob's your uncle, really and truly. So I do want to see more street smartness. I do obviously want to win. But I want to see if we can defeat ourselves. Can you go one better than last year? Last year, I don't think we had too much belief in that game beyond everything. And also, how do you react to setbacks as well? So I'm keen, man. I'm keen. What would your starting 11 be for the North London derby anyways? So I don't know the team news exactly. But from what I'm being told, um, I would go with this. Ramsdale for me. Um, I would play... Uh, this is going to sound harsh because he hasn't done anything wrong. But just because I think he's better defensively against Son, I would play Tomiyasu. Um, and then I would have Gabriel and Saliba. And then I would add Tierney. I think he's better defensively against Kulisevsky or whoever they're going to play than Zinchenko. That'd then I would nice. have Party, Chaka and Erdogan. And then the front three for me would be Saka, Martinelli and Jesus. The only reason I think it's harsh on Ben Wax, he's been really good. But mm. I just feel airily Tomiyasu is better. And I think when you look at the actual defensive side and the, the discipline that he has, I think we might need that against Son. That's the only change I'd make, though. But I, I think the team will be what I've said, but Ben White will play. That's what I think the team will be. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm a, I, I feel it's one where you wish you could play 12 players and that Ben White's done nothing wrong. He did well against Zaha. I think if Ben White plays and, you know, not just Ben White, if him, Saliba and Saka do what they did against Zaha, then we should have no worries. And, you know, on one hand, Ben White has been playing. Obviously, he's had a bit of a rest. Arteta alluded to that. Sometimes when you're in form and you're playing well, you kind of just want to keep going. So I'm kind of stuck with, do we play on that with Ben White? Or as you said, Tommy Asu, you know, if we just looked at the aspects of defending in this whole squad, Tommy Asu is one of our de best defenders. He's street smart. He's good in the air. He's more switched on. He's more conservative as well. Obviously, we're going to need numbers. So it's a bit of a tricky one. If 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 money was on the line or my life was on the line, I'd probably lean towards Tommy Asu. But I think that's the only question mark. You could play Zinchenko and with their back three, maybe he goes into midfield and we get a lot of bodies. But no matter how much the game advances, you need to remember the defensive side. And Tini's more of when it's time to be part of the trenches and more of an organic sort of fullback where it is, 
Tierney, there's no one better than the Flying Scotsman, really and truly. So for me, Tierney's in there. Ramsdale's a no-brainer, as are the centre-halves. Yeah, I think maybe there's a weak case for Fabio Vieira. I say weak, he's done well. You know, he did well in his cameo against United, did well against Brentford. But I just feel Odegaard's a captain. He helps us defensively with his pressing off the ball. You know, you've got your first choice pivot. You might as well have your first choice trio. You know, he's one of the most senior players in that team as well. He might as well be 35, really, because he's significantly more experienced than some of his peers. So I don't think it's that. It might be a game where we even have to draw for the bench. So it's one where you can't really write off teams. Obviously, want to win, but I'm more keen to see us just if they if, if Spurs are to win, let it be because they were the better team, not because we switched off and, and we didn't take chances and all of these sort of things for me, bro. Yeah, 100, man. And I, I, I believe that we need to look at who do you feel against a side like Spurs, Liverpool, City, whoever it comes, who do you have more of in faith in if things go wrong? This and that's it. the way sometimes you have to look at it. Very negative thing to do, but you have to be realistic. You're Fact not going to go out there and blitz teams, man. So you have to be like, if things go wrong for us in a part of the game, which is probably likely to do, they're going to have a, a, a part of the game where they're on top. Who do you have more faith in? I have more faith in Tierney defensively than Zinchenko. And I have more faith to, at Tommy Asu at right back than I do Ben White. And that's the only reason that I would pick that. And, you know, I like Ben White. I think what he's done is great. At right back, he's been fantastic. We have to remember that he isn't our right back. He's been covering for Tommy Asu. And I think that when Tommy Asu's fit, he needs to play because I've been really impressed with him of last season. I agree. So that's the only change I would make, bro. That's the only one I would make. That's it. Yeah, you're right. That's the only thing I could see. I've seen a weak case for Fabio Vieira, respectfully to him, just because if Odegaard's got a little knock and he's not 100%, I don't really want to see players playing if they're not really at it. I'd rather someone that can give me their maximum rather than someone that's 60-40, apart from probably Saka and them exceptions to the rule. What have you said, Kay? Would you risk not playing Jesus to save him for Liverpool? No, we've got to deal with what's in front of us. If he's good to miss out on that game because of suspension, then so be it. And for your point on Eddie's confidence, I'd love every player to get confidence. But at the same time, for me, the collective comes first the collective is three points keeping this momentum everybody 100%. else is i'm not playing in this and that comes secondary eddie's chance is going to come you know we have to make it to game week 19 before jesus gets you know gets a blight with the yellow cards i think we all know it's coming hopefully he can get over spurs and get out of liverpool i don't i even want him to be there against leeds but if he has to then he might have to just miss leeds away maybe eddie can haunt his own team and then we get back going if i'm completely honest my last question for you before i let you get out of it then what would your score prediction be i actually think it might be a draw you know i think it's a one one setting but i would love a win of course so this is a mad one for me um i think this game is going to be nuts i think it's going to be a wicked game and i think we're going to see goals last oh, season we saw seven it, goals <laughs> i know likewise man and i'm going to be there so it's going to be hard but oh man listen seven goals last season in the both the fixtures I'm going to go for five in this one. I'm going to go 3-2 Arsenal. I think it's going to be we score, they score. I don't think either of the teams are going to cancel each other out. And I don't think either of the teams are going to set up to cancel each other out. I think it's going to be two teams going at it. And I do believe that Tottenham want this so badly to beat us at the Emirates. And Arsenal's 12th man will be in the stadium as it has been every single game home and away. But at the Emirates, as you know, it's rocking for the North London derby. And I think that will get Arsenal over the line. And I am looking to my guy, Jesus. I am because I feel like he will get us across and get us that three points. I'm going to go Arsenal three Spurs two, man. I mean, you're starting to convert me and make me think Make me think it's going to be a thriller. <laughs> it's going to be an early kickoff, so maybe, you know, that is that. If I'm Spurs, I think I could get Arsenal's defence because they've got a young squad, if I look at it harsh, with bad habits. If I'm Arsenal, we should believe we can cut teams open. We did it against more resolute sides. Both teams should come into it with confidence. And obviously, I hope Spurs lose theirs. But even if we lose, which I don't want to happen, I don't want to see our heads drop because we can't afford for that. We've got Liverpool next week, regardless of if it's the best time to play Liverpool or if they've got injuries and that, you know, they've handed our asses to us 
Coleman away for the last few years. And if you want to start getting into new tour territory, it's about putting these things right, really. You know, again, I do think we've had tests. We failed against United. The whole media bigged up Crystal Palace, rightly so, in Brentford. And then I feel they did a complete turnaround when we won based on how those two teams played. But we're going to need to stand up to be counted, man. Danny, you got any content to come today, tomorrow, whenever, man? I know you said you're at the game on Saturday. What content have you got? Once again, make sure you're subscribed. Yeah, you just have to hit the link on YouTube, folks. I appreciate that, man. Listen, My thanks man. for having me on. Much appreciate that. And thank you guys for listening and coming over to Sub. I appreciate that. Tonight, I'm on with Lee Judges at 9pm. We've got Michael Bridge coming on from Sky Sports, talking Arsenal and Spurs, North London Derby. So come and head over to watch that one at 9pm. And then if you can come over to myself at Football's 12th Man Podcast, smash a like and subscribe. Um, we've got daily content on there as well. And um, then it'll be the big one at the weekend, man. It's going to be absolute mad. When does your reaction? I assume obviously you're going to do a reaction vid for the North London derby. When would you yeah? Know, that'll would be that on. That'll be after the game, man. So uh, yeah, come come check it out after the game. I'll be on AFTV. Then I'll go and do my own content. And on the Sunday show, I'll be on my channel and Lee Judge's TV channel as well. So both of us are going to be putting out content for that, and um, it's going to be mad. I, I do love the North London derby, DG, but you know what? I like it's like going to the dentist, isn't it? Just want it over and done with, so you can just be like, and and everything's going to be all right. Do you know what I'm saying like. <laughs> Hey, facts, man. Hopefully, the next time we speak, obviously, I'm more than happy to be on your channel, more than happy to yeah, have, love you, to, have you back. Hopefully, the optimism is still here, my guy, really and truly. But yeah, you heard the man. Go and subscribe. Make sure you're following. He's got content tonight and obviously in the following days as well, man. Dan, I'm going to let you get out of here. People, I, I apologise in, 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 in uh, what's the word? I'm almost losing it now. I apologise in advance. I know I'm meant to be live with Henry at six. I'm going live straight after this, people. So when this stops, don't go anywhere. We're going again, man. Dan, once again, it's been a pleasure, broski, man. Follow him, subscribe, do everything you need to, man. People, were out, man. Yeah.